on the mountain, in the valley, in the crowded streets, or the empty desert, in our hope, and in our waiting, we are never alone. So today, as you saw, we are starting a brand new message series called God is with us. We're going to look at the word incarnation, which means God became flesh and dwelt among us. This is something as long as I live, I will never get over the thought that God, the creator of the universe, took on flesh and blood and he came to live among his creation. So during this series, I'm going to talk about what I believe is a way that we can come to learn what God with us really means. That God is among us. And so today as we launch into this message series about the presence of God, I want to launch with this verse that we're going to look at each week. And it's found in Matthew's Gospel. It's Matthew 1.23. And this is what Scripture says. It says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the title for this series that we're looking at is God with us. And for those of you who are followers of Christ, it's so easy to believe that God is with us when things are going well. When we're on top of the mountain, it's easy to believe that God is with us. Whenever you get really good news, you get that promotion at work, or you get that new car, or you, you make the basketball team or whatever sports team, it's easy to sense the presence of God when things are good and you are on top of the mountain. But when it's sometimes more difficult to sense the presence when you're in the valley. When you're in the deep, dark valley. When things aren't going the way you would want them. When you get bad news. When you're hurting. When you're depressed. Maybe you feel a bit of alone or you're worried, you're afraid. And so I want to talk today about understanding the presence of God, the idea that God is with us also in the valley. In other words, you've got God with you on the mountain, but he's just not there. He's also with us. We walk through the deep, dark areas of our life. What's interesting to me is so often, much of your life can be going really, really well. You can have all different aspects of your life going well. In other words, you've got all these different pockets where you're kind of on the mountaintop. And there, there, there's this one area of your life where it weighs everything else down. So much is good, but this one area just brings some serious weight 
some serious struggle to your life. And fortunately for, unfortunately for some of you, that might be where you are this holiday season. Some seasons and pockets of your life are really good. Your marriage is blessed. But maybe you've got a crazy kid making some stupid decisions. And that hurts so much. Or maybe you're really close to God and you sense God's presence, but at the same time, you've lost your job. Or you're really excited about the holidays, getting together with family, but yet you just got some bad medical news about yourself or someone that you love. And there's so many good things, and yet there's just one or two things that just bring you down into the valley, into the struggle. So what I want to talk about today is, where is God in the valleys? Where is God in the valleys? When you look at scripture, it's interesting that valleys represent several things. You see in the valleys, there are often there are battles that took place. As you read through the Old Testament, so many times it was in the valley that the war would take place, the battle would take place in the valley. You see, some of you right now may be in a battle in the middle of a valley, and it's interesting that we see that valleys are also a time or a place of growth. It's a place where people grow. In fact, if you're taking notes, I like to say it this way. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. We get to know him in a different way when we're in the valleys. So what I want to do today is look at a text from the Old Testament to kind of illustrate this for us in Psalms 84. If you ever read through Psalms 84, chances are you just skipped right over this one and kind of just read it and didn't think twice about it. And if you stopped at them and took a time, you would see that this verse, this, this Psalms 84, has so much for us today. And I hope that this will impact your life. So Psalms 84, starting in verse 5, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. The valley of Baca. What is the valley of Baca? The Valley of Baca was most likely related to a tree. It has a very similar spelling. This tree would ooze out sap. And if you walk by this tree, people would call it like a weeping tree because it just looked like a sad tree, like this tree was crying. And that's why the Valley of Baca is translated different ways in Scripture. It's called the valley of tears, the valley of weeping, the valley of loss. Anytime you see a valley in the Bible, you would see it sometimes as a very dangerous place to be. There would be thorns. There would be animals, probably vicious cats. There would be people waiting to jump you and rob you. In fact, it was very difficult in the old days, in the time of the Bible, to get through a valley without something bad happening. So whenever you see a valley talked about in scripture, it was always a bad place, very difficult to get through. And he says in verse 5, blessed are those whose strength is in you. 
Blessed are you whose strength is in God. Now, I know some of you this morning are not followers of Christ. And I'm glad you're here with us today. If you don't know God intimately, then chances are there are times when you just say, I've had enough. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. I just don't have enough. And the truth is, if you don't know God intimately, then that's all you have. Your strength is all you have. You do not have the strength of God if you do not know him. You do not have a relationship with him. What you have by yourself is all that you have. But for those of us that are Christ followers, we believe that we have a strength that comes to us through the Holy Spirit. We have a God who is with us this very moment. That we have access to a heavenly strength, and that's why Psalms has said, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who is found in you. We believe that when we get to the end of our strength, there is a heavenly strength. There is a divine strength. There is a strength that comes to those who know him from God. I'll give you an example to help you illustrate this. Some of you guys know I enjoy going to the gym. And there's this exercise at the gym where you start on the bench press and you start lifting as much as you can. You just go, you put all the weights on and you do as many reps as you can until you're just done. Then you pop off 10 pounds and you go more. And as soon as you're done, oh, pop off 10 more pounds. You get all the way to the point where you're down, you're so exhausted, you've got nothing left except the bar. It's called a burnout. You've got nothing left but the bar, and you're so exhausted from doing all of those reps with the heavier weight. And if you were to see someone, like I've seen big dudes on a bench, where they're like struggling to get that bar up, you'll look at them like, what's wrong with you? But it's they burnt out to the point where they can't get that bar up anymore. Ugh. And they're done. I can tell you, I've done that before. And the next day, like the next three or four days, like you can't like lift your arms up. Like your chest and your arm muscles are so sore. You are just exhausted. When we're in the valley, I like to think of life like that burnout exercise. Where we just burn ourselves out. You know, when we get to that point, it is our God. When we hit the end of our strength, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. It is him who comes and lifts our arms up. It is him who comes and helps us through life when we get to the burnout in our valley. His strength, scripture says, is made absolutely perfect. Blessed are those whose strength is found in him. That's found in God. If you're in the middle of the valley right now, you have access to a very real, ever-present power of a good God who is ready to come to you in a time of need. Blessed are those whose strength is in God. The text doesn't say blessed are those who make it on their own. He doesn't say, blessed are those who 
pull themselves up by their bootstraps. It doesn't say, blessed are those who are really determined. You know, we hear that a lot today in our, in our world. It's, it's finding the strength inside of you. That's what pop psychology tells you today. No, that's not what the Bible says. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. You know, one of the big problems in our world today is we almost idolize a spirit of self-independence. I don't need anyone. I want to be completely good on my own. I don't want to trust people. I don't want to have anything to do with people. I am good by myself. But the truth is we were created to depend on God and to live in community with others. Blessed are you when you realize you are dependent and you have a power greater than yourself. That is God. And some of you need to lean into it. You need to admit it. I don't have what it takes. I need his presence. I want to show you a verse in a little different translation because I I love the way the New Living Translation translates this verse. It says, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Blessed are those, or what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage pilgrimage to Jerusalem. I love that. We're on a pilgrimage through this life together. What does this mean, a pilgrimage to Jerusalem? You see, Jerusalem sat up on a hill. It sat up on a mountaintop. And to get to Jerusalem, the city of refuge, you had to go through a valley. The Valley of Kidron surrounded the city of Jerusalem. The city of Jerusalem, the city of refuge, the city of peace. One commentary said to get to the city of refuge, you had to travel through many valleys. The valley of tears. I like the imagery. Sometimes to get to where you really appreciate the presence and the power of God in your life, you have to push through the pain in the valley. You have to push through the tears in the valley to get to the presence and the goodness of God. For so many, the valley is a pathway to the place of peace. We push through the valley, we're on a pilgrimage, and this is the way the psalm has said it. He says, what joy for those who comes, for what, jo- what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, and it says, who have set their mind. That's how he says, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. You know, I like this this imagery of setting our minds. Setting our minds. Blessed are those whose minds are set toward God. You know, what you think matters so much. What you think about matters. Paul said this a lot in the New Testament. He said in in Colossians chapter 3, Verse 2, he says, set your mind on things that are above and not things on the earth. What we think about in our minds really matters. We're going to set our minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. We're going to set our minds toward the presence and the power of God. What we think about matters. Paul told the Philippian believers in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He said, finally, brothers, whatever is true, 
whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. This is where our minds should be because what you think about, it matters. Listen, your current situation, it may be in the valley, but your mind can still be set upon God. Your heart right now, it may be racing with what you're facing in life, but your mind is set on God. Your emotions may be all over the place, but your mind is fixed on God. It's fixed on what Paul says, what is true, what is honorable, what is just, what is pure, what is lovely, what is commendable. Our mind is set on those things. There may be too much to do and too much pressure in this holiday season. And we get all anxious thinking about all the things we got to get done. But our minds are set upon God. There may be real tragedies in the valleys. We've all been through those valleys, but our minds in the valley are set on the goodness of God. Paul says, greater is the one who is in me than the one who is in the world. His spirit gives me strength when I am weak and I need him every moment of every day. I may be in the valley, but my mind is set on the kingdom of God. I'm on a pilgrimage. I'm going to the place of peace. You may be in the valley, but our mind is set on God. Going back to verse 6, I love this phrase. It says, as they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. In other words, we may be going through the valley right now, but the valley is not our destination. It's not where we're stopping to camp out, but what are we doing? We're just passing through. I may be in the valley right now, but this is not my home. I'm just journeying to a place of peace. You know, it says in Psalms chapter 23, that famous psalm that many of us could quote, it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Why, church? You're with me. You are with me in that valley. I may be in the valley, but I'm just passing through. I may be in a difficult time, but God's strength will see me through. The road to the path of peace is often through the valley. We are just passing through. And the second half pass of that part of that verse is they make it a place of springs. I thought it's kind of interesting. The, the old King James Version that I grew up with said it this way. They make it a well. They make it a place of springs. You know, as we're passing through this valley, in other words, whenever you're in a dry place, what do you do? What do you do when you're in a dry place? If you're out hiking somewhere and you need water, you're thirsty, you're looking for a water source. 
says when they're in the valley, they make it into a place of springs or they make a well. It's almost like what the psalmist is saying here is you take a clear, a clear way, a little hole as a container for the provision of rain that God will send while you're in the valley. God hasn't sent it yet. It's dry now, but when you're dry, when you're hurting, make room for the presence of God. Make a well. Make it a place of springs that hasn't rained yet, but I know that my God will provide, so I'm going to make a provision for it now. Well, I'm in this deep, dark valley, and I'm struggling, and I don't know when I'm going to get out, and I'm hurting. I'm going to prepare now for the provision of God in my life that I know is coming. You know, in the New Testament, I love the the stories of of Jesus and faith. It's almost like in this psalmist, the psalm is saying, show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. If you dig the well or if you make a place of springs, I will fill it. If you prepare for me, I will show up. In Psalms, I mean, in the New Testament, there's a man who couldn't walk for 38 years. And Jesus didn't just say, Jesus, power, you're healed. Instead, he said, take up your mat. There's a difference there. He said, take up your mat. You get up, you show me you believe, and I'll make you walk. I will heal you. Show me your faith. And I will show you my faithfulness. If you show me your faith, I will show you my faithfulness. I love the promises of God in Scripture. It says, if you draw near to me, God says, I will draw near to you. There's somebody here today, or multiple people, that you haven't seen the presence of God in your life in a long time. It's time for you to dig a well. It's time for you to be ready to receive the promises and the provisions of God in your life and wait for God to do it. Here's what I hope you'll understand. God never, ever promised that you would never go through a valley. What he promised is that you'll never go through a valley alone. Why? Because God is with us. That's why. Our verse says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. We're never in the valley alone. I love the way the psalmist phrases this portion of Scripture. He says this, As we journey through the valley of Baca, we're going to a place of peace. Then he says, They go from strength to strength. Each one appears before God in Zion. And here's what I want you to understand. We praise him in the valley because we may enjoy him on the mountaintops, but, listen to me, we get to know him intimately in the valleys. That's when we get to know and feel and understand the presence of God. 
He reveals his character to us in the valley. We can sense his strength in a way that we can't otherwise. We know that we're traveling through the valley because he is there with us. We're just here passing through. He's a good God, and he is with us on our journey to the place of peace. So who is God in the midst of your weakness? Our God is our strength. When you're in darkness, who is God? Our God is our light. When you're a season of trouble, who is our God? He is our joy in trouble. When you're in the middle of pain, who is our God? He is our comforter in pain. That's who our God is. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death or the valley of fear. We do not fear. Why? Because he is with us. The same God that is good on the mountaintops, he's also good to us in the valley. We get to know him in the valley. If you're in the valley right now, just remember that you're just passing through and that you're not alone. That God is with you. You won't be there forever. Our God will lead you out. He is a good God. He is present and he will take you from strength to strength. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though we may be in the valley of Baca right now, we will fear no evil. Why? God is with us. Let that sit on your heart today. As you leave here this week, and you face struggles, your heart is troubled, your emotions are racing, remember that in that valley, you're not alone. Let's pray.